You could go to the men's prayer advance with no cost. The registration's already covered uh, and so forth. So uh, so if you're interested in going, you say, boy, I'd love to go. I don't think I have the money. You just see me, and we can get you in. And, and so so praise the Lord for that. Coming up January the 28th, it looks like the, the, the senior ministry is going to meet for fun and fellowship. and super, I don't have my glasses on. So Can you all read that? Because I can't. So Anyway, I appreciate that. Uh, but but I, let's get to go to the Lord in prayer, and let's get our service started. Thank you for being in the house of God. Thank you for all those in advance willing to make one trip to visit somebody and drop off a bag and just tell them we're, we're thinking of them and we love them as a church family we appreciate that this afternoon and thank you for signing the cards you you, I, I, you don't know sometimes what that means to folks you know when they're locked up and and not haven't seen anybody in a while just to let them know we care so let's go lord in prayer father we thank you again today lord for the the privilege to assemble together thank you for your grace and your mercy and lord thank you for the your call for us lord to be in one spirit and lord i, I just pray lord for this service today i pray jesus will be glorified and magnified first during our singing time as we sing praises unto you and then lord a little later lord as brother stephen comes to challenge us from the word of god lord may we listen with open ears may we open our hearts to anything the holy spirit wants to show us and teach us and maybe correct us in and if there would be somebody who's never trusted you lord whether they're here in the room lord outside in the car or lord even watching and listening by live stream i pray that today would be their day of salvation thank you for our savior thank you for grace so freely given thank you for jesus may he be lifted and magnified now in christ's name amen well good morning everyone Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the uh, praise part of, of the service. The um, first song is God is so good. And even in this whole pandemic thing, we have so much to be thankful for. Even um, just the fact of COVID itself, I've found has allowed folks to be a lot more open to hearing the gospel. And because death seems to be more imminent now. And the reality is... It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. And we need to be sharing that message with folks. But even with all the stuff that's going on, God is still good. Let's sing. God is so good. Savior all the day long. This is my 
say that this is my story. The reason that we have so much to be thankful for is because Christ rose again on the third day. He defeated sin, he defeated sin and death some 2,000 years ago, and he still lives today. Please join us we sing, Because He Lives. Good to see him this morning, even though it's slightly chilly outside. <clears throat> you may go ahead and have a seat. At this time, we'd like to welcome Miss Ann Stone singing the special. Thank you, Miss Ann.
sufficient for all of our sin, for every single thing that we can bring to God. His grace is sufficient. Thank you, Miss Anne. Beautiful. All right, right now we'll go ahead and have our time of prayer before our final song and the preaching of the word. Go ahead and pray uh, individually or with the person sitting beside you and specifically ask for God to speak to you personally today through his word. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Dear God, I thank you for giving us another day to live, for giving us another breath. You are so good to us, even though we are so undeserving of your grace. Your mercies are renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for bringing all of us here. I pray that we would sing this final song as praise to you, and that it would just be that, that it would honor and glorify your name and not not us at all. I pray for Mr. Stephen as he comes to present the word. I pray that you would give him strength, give him boldness, and that we might hear from you today, God. I thank you that your word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, Lord, again for giving us another day. In Jesus' name, amen. If everyone would please stand as we sing our final song. Speak, O Lord. And that again should be our our focus is to hear from God. Hear from His Word.
may be seated. Good morning. Whoa, am I too hot? I don't know. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you don't mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> you know, I'm usually nervous. Um, always, when I get up here and I feel in, but today especially, uh, I'm a little apprehensive, so y'all pray for me there, but I'll, I will tell you this, God confirmed to me this morning, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be this morning. You're exactly where you were supposed to be this morning. God has a plan. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't begin to, to describe, uh, you can't make it up. Uh, so I get a text late Thursday or whatever it is, and hey, do you want to, could you fill in, somebody canceled. And we're studying through, in the young adults, little express Sunday school class we're doing up here, through 1 Corinthians. And just so happens, we are to the point of where uh, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth there about the division in the church. And if you were in Sunday school this morning, you know that just so happened, it's not a coincidence, the pastor was studying through the book of Ephesians, right? So he's in Ephesians 4 this morning on unity. So I'm telling you, there's no coincidence, that's a God thing, that I'm right here and you're right there. So, uh, you know, there's division everywhere. Obviously, look around. Look around the world, look in our country, in our politics, uh, socially. We're divided financially. We're, we're divided in every way you can imagine. Would you agree with that? Well, there's also divisions, obviously, in the church. In somebody else's church, not our church. We'll address somebody else's church. But the problem with that is, is, is how did we, how did they, how does everybody get there? How do we become divided? And I really believe what, what Paul is going to write into the church at Corinth, he, he's going to explain how that works. And we need to have an understanding of that. Uh, I think the problem is, is we think as a society, as a... Uh, a, a family, as a body, as an assembly, as a, across the board, we think disagreement equates or means division. Okay? That's not the case, and we're going to see that from God's Word uh, this morning. So today we're going to look at how Paul addressed the church at Corinth about the topic of division. Um, Paul's writing here again to the church at Corinth. And, and, and Corinth, the word Corinth means satiated, or they just can't get their feel. Uh, you know, I asked the young adults when we first started, hey, what do you think of, what's immediately what you think of when you hear the church of Corinth, what do you think of? One word, you know, sin, immoral, wicked, uh, divisive, division, not really a whole lot of positive words. And so the church of Corinth, Corinth itself means satiated. I mean, we, we, we just can't get enough. We can't get our feel. Uh, John D. Rockefeller, who at one time represented 1% of the total economy in the U.S., and a reporter asked him, he said, uh, how much money do you need to make? Who knows what he said? He said, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. So when you, when you ch think of the church of Corinth, satiated, indulgent, can't get enough. So Paul's writing to this church at Corinth, and uh, com uh, Corinth, of course, was a, was a kind of a commercial hub. You know, anybody, anybody knows anything about real estate knows that location, location, location is the key. Well, there's two harbors on either side. Corinth is four miles wide, and it's an isthmus across uh, between... Uh, has water on both sides, so so obviously there's a lot of transport going. It's a it's a commercial hub. It's basically a melting pot for everybody. Everybody's going to uh, everything's happening in Corinth, so to speak. 
So they were wealthy. It's kind of a, like I said, a melting pot. Now, 1 Timothy 6.10 tells us it's the love of money. It's the root of all evil, not money itself, right? So, but, but it draws a lot of people when there's a lot of income generated, so therefore you have this melting pot of people. And, and by the way, the more money that's involved and the more money you have, or the more money you have access to, the more opportunity you have to sin. It just makes it that much easier. So the church was, was planted there by Paul. Paul came to Corinth and, and he lived with Aquila and Priscilla. We see that in Acts 18.3. Um, and, he, and he lived there with them because of they were the same craft. And I, and I taught them a little principle there uh, before we get started. Look, why did Paul end up with Aquila and Priscilla? Because they were the same craft. Because they had... Uh, things in common. They were tent makers. Okay, so what I'm saying, sometimes we, we think that, oh, we, we have to be everything to everyone. It's okay to be drawn to a certain section of people that you have similar interests interest with. God uses that. Uh, so anyway, Paul reasoned, he, he lived there, and he Paul, the Bible says in Acts 18 that Paul reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath and testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And he ministered there 18 months. Uh, and we get that from Acts 18.11. Now, from Ephesus, Paul is writing back to the church at Corinth. And that's where we're going to pick up in our, in our text this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He's writing there in Corinth to call the believers into fellowship with Christ and to deal with some issues in the church. And, and we're going to say there's lots of issues as every church has. But in our main text, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll read verses 10 through 17. And the Bible says, Now, and that's, that's a transition there that, that we'll get back to later on. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but ye are perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, or Peter, and I of Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning, God. I just, uh, Lord, I, I, I'm a, you have convinced me in my spirit that we're exactly where we're supposed to be this morning, God. And I pray that you would just use me. I pray for our church. I pray that we would get an understanding. I pray that we would challenge ourselves with your word as you've given it to me, God. Just bless whatever we do in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the message this morning is how do we guard against division? How are we guard, how, guarding against division? And I apologize, my mouth is dry, so I may have to drink some water every now and then. But guarding against division. So let's start verse 10. He says, Paul says, Now I beseech you. Now, if, if Paul, I always have to have an athletic illustration. Y'all know that, right? So, so if Paul were a football coach or a basketball coach, when he says, now I beseech you, if he were there and not write him a letter, if he had a whistle, he would blow that thing really, really loud. He said, now listen up. This is very important right here. It's a call to summons. Here we go. Now I beseech you therefore, brethren, in verse 10, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, given what we know about the church of Corinth and what our perception is, I wonder why he didn't start with a, a few other things besides what he starts with. You ever thought of that? I mean, I mean, why didn't he just go ahead and set the record straight right off the bat? 
on the resurrection. He eventually does that. Why don't you go ahead and, and deal with the fornication in the church? He eventually does that. Or what about covetousness? Or what about idolatry? What about drunkards? What about extortioners? What about eating forbidden foods? What about mur uh, murmuring, complaining? What about divorce? Why didn't he start with all of that? Because there was plenty there to choose from, right? So under the inspiration of God, Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, from Ephesus, after he'd been there ministering 18 months, he starts with this. Listen up, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. How do you like that? Y'all speak the same thing. Not, not, not that y'all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, it's kind of interesting that he starts with, you are to speak the same thing. The same message. That, that means, hey, you ought to have a uniform testimony. You know, earlier the, the, the pastor was going in Sunday school on the, on the Ephesians 4 on unity. Hey, there's some non-negotiables. There's some stuff that, that we don't even talk about. We don't need to discuss. There's no questions about it. we got to agree on some things. Okay? We need to be speaking the same thing. And then right after that, he talks about causing divisions. Now, do you know if I have an opinion, I got one. Who else got Save me and Ethan are talking about music because I can pick on Ethan. He can't do nothing about it. If me and Ethan were talking about music and I have an opinion about what I think he ought to sing, or if I have an opinion about, if I keep that to myself, is that going to cause a division? He don't even know that. Now, it's going to hurt my relationship. It's going to hurt my personal relationship and my walk with the Lord because I'm hiding stuff within myself. But as soon as I spew it out of my mouth and tell him what I'm feeling, or if I post it, or if I put it in some verbal form, in word form, and it gets to him, now we have started down the road of division. You follow me? Disagreement does not have to equal division. If I keep that to myself and I allow the Holy Spirit to work in me and work through that, the only person that had affected is me. There is no division created. But as soon as I let my view and opinion and everything that I have inside of me, as soon as I let it get out there, now, now Ethan and I, we're, we're starting that division process. So he starts with that. You speak the same thing. There be no divisions among you. By the way, what does that mean when we say... Uh, Division. That's to tear apart dissension. There's a gap created, a schism. That, that, that's a problem. And secondly, Paul, to the church at Corinth there, he says, hey, also, if you want to take care of not having divisions, you should have the same mind. The same mind. That's the same mode of thinking. Now, the same mind and the same judgment are not the same thing. If, the, if it were the same thing, he wouldn't have separated them in, in the Scripture. The same mind, a mode of thinking. That has to do with my thoughts and my feelings and my purposes. In other words, I'll use this illustration. J.D. will appreciate this. There's a guy I used to work at sawmill with. And uh, every now and then, it's kind of funny, packing lumber ain't no joke, I'm going to tell you. Especially when it's cold or hot or in between or just perfect weather, really. <laughs> he would always tell me in the morning, he said, I got my mind right today. I got my mind right. I know what he meant. Hey, his mode of thinking was right for that task that day. So do we have the same mind? Do we have the same mode of thinking uh, so to, to prevent or guard against division? Thirdly, look at this, what he says. You speak the same thing. Have the same mind. And then the same judgment. Now, the way we make those judgments, because we know we are supposed to judge some things, right? I mean, we're, we're supposed to use the Holy Spirit's discernment that He gives us to, to judge some things. Same judgment. That means based on us speaking the same thing and us having the right mode of thinking, if we're thinking correctly, and by the way, we get that mode from God's Word. We get that mode from the Scriptures as the Holy Spirit teaches us his word, 
we get that mode from there. But as we, as we, as we have that same mind now, that's going to result in us having some same views or opinions or making judgments or decisions based on that same speech and that same mode of thinking. Do y'all understand? Because we're trying to guard against division. That there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. Perfectly joined together there means strengthened, complete, to make one what they should be or what they ought to be. So in other words, if, if, we have the, if we speak the same thing, if we have the same mind, if we have the same judgment, then we're going to be perfectly joined together. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It means we're going to be complete and make, make us what we should be. A.W. Tozer, I think there's a quote. I'll probably mess it up. But basically, you know, our focus is Christ. It's like he taught this morning in Ephesians 4 with, with really the non-negotiables. But if there was a hundred pianos tuned with the same fork, okay, and the reason those pianos would be in harmony was not because you compared the pianos to each other, but because they were tuned by the same authority. You follow me? So, in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, just flip over there real quick, next page. For I determined not to know anything among you Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen, if we focus on the message of the gospel and the person of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us in our life and the grace that He's given, and we keep the main thing the main thing, then we can guard against division. Look at verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe. Now, I looked everywhere. I've done all kinds of studying on the house of Chloe. And I mean, all the commentaries, everybody you read has different opinions in the house of Chloe. They may have been a member of the church. I don't know about it. I didn't see... There's a, that's the only verse in the whole scripture that mentions the house of Chloe. Chloe could have been the piano player for all I know. Maybe the whole family was members of the church. But I'm going to tell you, there's a chance that they had nothing to do with that church. You follow me? So it can come... Hey, the, the words... Uh, the, 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 the tales that uh, we create can come within the church or it could be somebody outside the church. All I know is what, what the Bible says is that it was made, made known unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe. So the, uh, the, the folks with the house of Chloe comes and says, hey, there's contentions among you. So Paul finds this out. Hey, there's contentions. That word contention there, we need to understand exactly what that means. Because look, division, disagreement's one thing. Division is another step. Contention is a whole other ballgame. Okay? So there's contentions among you. Contention, the, the Greek word there is eris. By the way, that's the name of the Greek goddess of discord. Uh, that, that's no coincidence there for sure. Um, contentions means strife or wrangling, fiery. It just got emotional, uh, quarreling. In, in other words, it's, it's building, building, building the pressure cooker and it's about to explode. Contentions, there's emotion involved. You follow me? I mean, people are passionate, fired up about their view, their opinion, their direction. So here's what he says. Chloe came and told me, or the house of Chloe, that there's contentions among you. Look at it. I got a truth here that I'd like to uh, give to you. Division leads to contention, and contention leads to creating alliances. You follow me? Hey, when we have dis we have disagreements, we verbalize that, whether it's in social media form or whether it's in what we say or what we speak. We're not in the same mind. We're not in the same judgment. The next thing you know, now we have division based on that. And then we go from division, now it gets really, really passionate, and we become contentious. And when we become contentious, and when our emotions get involved, then we try to get people to, to align with us. 
and our views and our opinions. And you see how that makes a, a huge problem. Again, he could Paul could have addressed all kinds of stuff to begin with in his letter. But the first thing he's going to uh, uh, the first thing he's going to address is division. Because any good team, again, there's athletics. Any good team, I don't care what kind of team it is, if you can get them to implode from the inside out, if you can get the reporter to get in there and, and create some little story that, from the house of Chloe, by the way, <laughs> you, you get them in there and they'll, they'll work that stuff, and the next thing you know, they, they start imploding from the inside out. We've got to guard it against division. And by the way, uh, let, let's just go ahead and look at verse 12. Verses 12 through 16. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus, besides I know not whether I baptized any other. Paul's telling them here, look, I've heard that y'all are getting a little fiery. I've heard things are getting a little bit emotional. And here's, here's why you're getting emotional. You've created these alliances. You've been disagreeing. Now you've divided because you're not in the same mind, you're not in the same judgment, you're not speaking the same thing, and, and this thing's about to blow up, and you've aligned with this one and this one and this one. You know, if Paul... Have you ever thought about this? Why didn't Paul just go to uh, Apollos and go to Peter and just straighten that mess out? Because they weren't the one creating the division. You follow me? They didn't create the division. They had the same message. They were preaching the same message. The Bible tells us that. Paul didn't confront or challenge Apollos or Peter because they were preaching the same message. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. But we... Who, who's the we? We preach Christ crucified. Apollos, Peter, and Paul are preaching the same message. So they didn't create the divisions. The folks inside the church created the divisions based on not having the same speech and the same mind and the same judgment, got divided, got contentious, let their emotions get involved, and now they've created those alliances with this one and this one and this one. And then the more, look at society. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, we're talking about the local church. He's writing to a specific church in Corinth, the church in Corinth. But, but look at society. Society is the same, same way outside these walls. I don't care if you're in the workplace. I don't care if you're on the athletic field. I don't care if you're in Washington, D.C. I don't care where it is. There's disagreement. There's division. There's contention. There's alliances. And now it implodes from the inside out. How do we guard against that? Paul's telling us right here. Or he's going to tell us. By the way, I, uh, Apollos there, he, he was, an, if you don't know anything about Apollos, he was an eloquent, eloquent speaker, the Bible says, mighty in the Scriptures. But I want you to know, you say, well, they've probably never disagreed about anything. Paul and Peter and Apollos, I beg to differ. Let's flip back, let's flip over to uh, 2 Corinthians, real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, Galatians. Galatians 2. Just hold your spot. We won't be long. Galatians 2, verse 11. We don't have time to get all in this. Paul had a disagreement with Peter. Pretty short. We don't have time to get in all that, but they disagreed. Now, did they divide? Were they contentious? No, because they were preaching the same message. They had the same mind. They had the same speech. had the same judgments. They just had a little bit of a disagreement and an, and an issue. And the Bible says in Galatians uh, 2.11, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Now, would you, would you agree that that's, that's kind of a disagreement? Hey, I told him to his face. <laughs> when he came... We got a problem. We got an issue. But he told him to his face, too. I don't see the house of Chloe in that. 
And so what about Apollos? Look at Apollos. Flip, flip back to Acts 18.26 right quick. Acts 18.26. Acts 18.26. Acts chapter 18, verse 26. In 24 it says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. Again, and there's Aquila and Priscilla. Verse 26. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard... Now who did Paul live with? Aquila and Priscilla. Why did he live with them? Because they were the same craft. They hung out together because they made tents. They took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So obviously he had some stuff that he was a little bit off on. So they had to pull him aside and say, Listen, son, I'm going to give you a little correction right here. They had a disagreement. Now obviously Paul would have known about that. We're going to correct you a little bit. So again, just because we disagree, we don't have to divide. And just because we, uh, there's a division, we, we don't have to become contentious. It is natural, it is a natural thing for us to gravitate to people with similar interests. Would you agree? So how do we guard, we see what, what Paul is saying here to the church of Corinth, so how do we guard against division and contention? Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 1. Look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Hey, St. Louis, all these folks who said, I baptized you, I, don't, I can't even remember who I baptized. I know I baptized this one and that one and maybe a couple over here, but I'm glad I didn't baptize all of you because it's not about me, it's about Christ. It's not about what Apollo says. It's not about what Peter says. Although we're preaching the same message, we've got the same mind, same speech. We're coming from the same avenue, but it's about Christ and Him crucified. Keep the main thing the main thing. We're just going to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. I'm not trying to sound flowery, because then that's going to take away from what Christ did on the cross. And I'm not about that, because it's all by grace. I am what I am, Paul tells us in the Bible. So look back at verse 1. Verses 1 through 9, I think, really tell us how do we guard against division and contention. What we have to do is realize what Christ, who we are in Christ, our position, and what He's done for us by grace that we had absolutely nothing to do with. If, if we keep our mind focused on that and what He did for us that we have nothing to do with it, our view, my opinion, our disagreement, even we can still disagree. We're going to disagree. We are going to disagree. It's kind of like concrete. It will crack. Okay, We're going to disagree. But we don't have to divide. The division doesn't have to come among us. Look at verse 1. I won't read through the whole thing, I don't think. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Yeah, I probably will. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. Verse 2. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. By the way, that ought to be, hey, listen, that ought, that ought to give us hope right there. This is the church of Corinth that are sanctified, set apart in Christ Jesus. So all that bad rap we've ever, they're the poster child from who you shouldn't be. Hey, the Bible says they're sanctified in Christ Jesus. Called to be saints, by the way. And they had some issues. With all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Hey, if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you put your faith and trust in the death, burial, resurrection, you see yourself as a sinner and you put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone for payment of your sin, you are in Christ. That's what the Bible says. Lost my place. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Christ Jesus, that in everything you're enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, verse 9, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you see why the transition of now in verse 10. Paul's going to say, look, I told, I'm telling you who you are in Christ. I'm telling you what you have in Christ. I'm telling you what Christ has done for you, that it was by His grace you had nothing to do with it. But now, I beseech you, brethren, guard against division. So how do we do that? Again, by understanding who we are and what we have in Christ. Verse 2 calls us sanctified, and saints are calls that church. Look at verse 3 and 4. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father. By the way, the only way we have peace is by His grace. The only way we... And, and Danny was testifying that this morning. Listen, I, I, saw my, I saw my sister... I saw my sister pass. And all I can tell you is, that is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it's only by His grace that someone could do that. I just want you to understand that. Look at verse 5. That in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and all knowledge. Enriched in speech and knowledge. We won't even get into all that. Verse, verse 6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Remember, this is, this is the church of Corinth. The test of, Paul's saying, look, the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. You are the real deal. I have seen evidence of your salvation. You, you don't have to, even though you're involved in all these sins that, that, that you got some problems, but I'm beginning this letter with letting you know that, listen, I see the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. you you're established. You, you don't have to worry about that. I completely get that. I tell you, that would do us some good sometimes, just to be honest with you. It would do us some good sometimes. Now, again, we're not to frustrate the grace of God talks about in Galatians. But I'm going to tell you, when you read through this, this, this church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians, you're going to say, are you sure, are we in the wrong book when we talk about these first nine verses? Look at verse 7. So as you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, they were not lacking spiritual gifts. He's going to explain all that later on in the, in the, in the letter. Listen, if you've been saved by God's grace, you have been given, and pastors taught us this, you, we have some spiritual gifts. We have some spiritual gifts. We just have to yield to those. We, we don't have to wonder if, we, if, we have, if, if we're bringing something to the table is what he's saying. Look, don't worry about whether or not you've got a gift or not. You've got one. You've got one. Just, just don't worry about that waiting on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ because I don't bring anything to the table because you do. You're important in the body and in the church of Christ. Verse 8, Who shall also confirm unto you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, it's not going to be by anything I, you, or anybody else did that we're going to be found blameless. I promise you that. It's by God's grace. He's saying, listen, when this thing's all said and done, you're, you're blameless because of your position in Christ, because you put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone. Your position, you don't have to worry about taking any blame because you're blameless. blameless. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. <clears throat> Verse 9. This is really what to, to me, this is the answer to our question. So how do we guard against division? Because God is faithful. That's it. That's all I got. Because God is faithful. And if you keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the gospel, the good news, the message of, of Jesus Christ, and you understand that there's none, none righteous, no, not one, we have nothing to offer. Zero. And without Him, we have no hope. And you come to the end of yourself. And you say, Lord, I need, I need you to... I, I believe what you did for me on the cross. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead. 
The Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. So he's faithful. But not only is he faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, obviously we know that we're called into fellowship with the Lord. We're to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what it tells us in Romans. Now, that fellowship not only means union with Christ, but it also means communion with other believers. Fellowship. As iron sharpens iron. As we challenge each other with, with, with the truths of the Word of God. Union with Christ and fellowship with others. And if we conform with Christ, here's the key. God is faithful. Remember what He says. God is faithful. He didn't want us to be divided. If we are in union with Christ, if we align with Christ, if we conform with Christ, then we will align with each other. If we get our vertical relationship right and we, we focus on nothing but who we are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, we didn't bring anything to the table to earn it, deserve it, and we keep our focus on that, does it mean our disagreements will go away? Nope. Still going to disagree. Ethan will not sing that song. But we don't have to be divided. We don't have to become contentious. We don't have to let it get fiery and out of control and fan the flames. We can guard against it. So that's how we guard against division. All we got to do, based on verses 1 through 9, 1 Corinthians 1 is realized Christ did all the work and we receive all the benefit. It's a pretty good deal, ain't it? So why in the world would we want to divide? We haven't done anything anyway. He did it all. Now, so are you divisive? Are you contentious? Now let's get out of the church of Corinth and let's get into the church of Hillsborough. That's real. Are we focused on Ephesians 4? With the seven non-negotiables. Let's, let's flip over there right quick, just in case. I'm reviewing the pastor Sunday school. He won't mind. Ephesians 4. Ephesians, we, we're not going into them. I'm just going to read them. Look at Ephesians 4. So what does unity look like? First is lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6. There's one body. There's one Spirit. Even as you're called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. And there's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. That's basically what Paul's telling the church at Corinth there in the verses 1 through 9. He did it all. You did nothing. Let's not argue about it. We can disagree, but disagreement does not mean divisions. And what about those folks outside the doors? Those folks that the pastor was talking about eavesdropping on at the Mexican restaurant. What, hey, what do they say? about Victory Way Baptist Church. Here's what I hope they say. <laughs> Man, that, that people got some problems. But, they got problems. But you know what? They disagree. And, and then they'll, they'll go eat or something. I mean, what in the world? And they, that, they don't even get emotional about it. I mean, they just, they have adult conversations. I know they disagree on some stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, they keep going forward with the same speech and the same mind and the same judgment, even though they disagree. And man, I got to respect that. That's what Paul is telling the church at Corinth. Consistent with that same message, the message of the gospel. 
If you're here this morning and you don't, you don't have that union with Christ and you don't know Christ as your Savior, can I tell you, just like He did for the church at Corinth, I mean, you read about all they did. He died for them. And He said, and such were some of you. And so if He can die for them and He did die for them, He died for you too. And there's nothing that you can do or that you've done, or that you will do, that God's grace will not take care of. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, uh, Joanne, if you don't mind, play, we'll just play about one verse of invitation. Look, if you're, if you're here and you don't know Christ, I pray that you get that settled today. I mean, we've told you how to do it. Just come to the end of yourself. See yourself as a sinner. There's none righteous, no, not one. I don't think anybody even disputes that anymore. You don't even have to worry about explaining to somebody they're a sinner. I know I didn't have to explain it to myself. But Christ died for you. Church, are we divisive? Are we contentious? Do we, want, do we even want to guard against it? That's what I'm challenging you with this morning. Just come on if the Lord lays something on your heart. say thank you for uh, being attentive and uh, I pray that that was brought with the right spirit and the right motive that that we are seen to, to have the same speech be moving in the same direction always and uh, that's just uh, listen I couldn't we, I could not have planned that I haven't even talked to the pastor about what he was teaching and God has it for us today unity and have a guard against division. Thank you. I'm on my own there. There we go. If you can head back so folks can elbow you or like literally elbow him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you for the message. Amen. Uh, I think God made that pretty clear today, didn't he? It's the way he lines things up. He, that's our God. Amen. So hey, we need to make sure we're in one mind, one course, one keep the fundamentals the fundamentals and the essentials the essentials and focus on that and and uh, stay in unity together uh hey because the cause of christ is worth it amen it's always worth it Let me, real quick we're announcing them, we're going to close with a song but i want to make sure everybody understands what's going on for those of you here right up front will be some sheets okay there's uh i got 10 of them here because i'm taking two uh but if i can get at least 10 more other folks to say grab a sheet after everybody signed the cards in the back, that's what we're all going to do, right? We're going to circle through and sign the cards. And uh, if you'll grab a bag and a card and grab one of these sheets, you'll know who to take it to if you're willing to help us, okay? So the sheets will be up here, but you'll circle around, sign the cards, and then after you do all that, come back and get a sheet. By the time you do that, you ought to be able to go back and grab your bag and card. And, uh, and so if you would help us visit somebody, again, be wise, wear a mask, all that. They don't bite you in. That's wonderful might leave it outside the door all that's fine we just want to know we love them we're thinking about them make sense and so i appreciate your help for towards that so they'll be up here cards in the back sign those and uh and by the way praise god got the problem fixed at work all right let's close all right let's please stand as we close by singing victory in jesus because no matter what we're going through uh, we have the victory in Christ. So let's sing. First verse and the chorus. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary.
dismissed.